All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Get Fit Podcast. So today I have Julia Goldberg. She is the founder and owner of Hopeful Bluebird Counseling and Consulting Services. We connected through, obviously, the wonderful world of Facebook. That's where I find all of these amazing people that I get to bring y'all. And I'm just super excited to chat with her today. She's back in my old state, living it up in Colorado. So we already got to chat about that. So I'm just excited to learn more about her story, how she got where she is today. So if you just want to give us your story, how you got here. Tell me the good stuff because I don't really know that much yet. Right. Well, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I am super excited. And yes, I've been in Colorado about two years now in Denver area, about one. And my story is, is kind of long, but in a nutshell, my background is in therapy. So I'm a trauma therapist and also addiction. So it's co-occurring work is where I started. So if an individual is struggling with both mental health and addictions, I would work with them. And I grew up on the East Coast, but technically I was actually born in Europe and I came over with my family when I was a child so I I don't know all the details of our life there just the stories I've heard but I started living in Brooklyn and then moved to New Jersey and got all my degrees there and did therapy there for many years and then I decided one day when I woke up that I didn't really like it there And I wanted to move to Colorado with the mountains and skiing, which I enjoy. So I packed up my car, drove across the country, and I had gotten a job at a crisis center that was just starting up doing first response in the mountains. So we're responding to mental health emergencies, uh, usually like suicidal thoughts, and so making sure people are safe. And I was like, yeah, that's what I want my next career part to be. Instead of just sitting in an office, I want to go out into the field and help people that are experiencing a major crisis. So that's what I did uh, for a little bit. And then I did relocate. And there's a lot of other things in there, but hopefully that gives you an overview. Wow. Okay. I knew none of that. So (laughs) like lately I've had lots of people who are runners on and I like connect with that, but this connects so deep with my life as like, like someone like crisis center that you are, you would have been like responding to me in my early 20s. I needed that. That was where my life was back then. Addiction treatment. I've been through a ton of it. So this is going to get deep and exciting for me. Goodness. Wow. So thank you for doing the work that you do. As someone who has needed someone who showed up to talk me off of a ledge, essentially, I know how hard that job must be because it was hard for me going through it. God, putting someone else through it. Insane. So thank you for all of that and everything that you do with that. So it's very, very exciting. So I know now that you're doing like a lot in leadership. How did you get into that kind of leadership thing from that? I mean, I guess talking someone down from a dark place does require like a lot of empathy, good leadership skills and communication. So I can see those connections. But how did you, how did you kind of add that on? Yeah, so so part of it was after I did my graduate program, so we have to go to school for, for several years to get qualified to be licensed in our state. So there's that piece. And then after that, I did several years in a leadership program focusing on supervisory skills for clinicians. So I did start focusing just on clinicians because that was my background. Then I started working at a center for people with severe mental health and addiction issues where they were not able to live independently. So I ended up supervising 
supervising multiple programs. That was my first leadership experience as well. Um, officially, obviously it takes leadership to run your sessions, but officially over other people, I had multiple locations and staff in those locations on different levels of skills, including a bachelor level where it's more residential help for individuals and life skills to clinicians that were getting their hours. So supervising different levels. But when I relocated to do crisis work, this is actually very closely linked because while I was there, a lot went on. So in the community center, or I guess it was like a startup in a new location, they had, so all the people were hired from different states or different areas that came together to that one location, which was new and exciting. And I thought it was great. However, um, and the leadership part, there were some problems. So the person that was hired to oversee the center and who I had just started getting to know was fired in a very dramatic fashion. There was screaming matches, people were crying. Meanwhile, all of us were there in this, at, the, at that time, we were just there. We're like, okay, we're typing, we're working, and then there's this whole thing going on. Um, so that was one piece to it. The other piece is I was, like, people came to me crying, saying they didn't know that they could do this, and I supported them through that, that don't quit right now, give it some time, let's see what happens. And then, so without any leadership, I ended up stepping into that role because I didn't officially apply for it because I wanted to be more on scene and I wanted to learn this new avenue of crisis response, but I ended up doing all of it. So I coordinated the schedules, 24-7 schedules for all the clinicians. I had them call if they needed clinical consults because the cases could be pretty heavy. I didn't want them to not have the support they needed and met with all the community partners and that we you know, from community who's calling us, telling them what we did, making sure that they were connected to us because you need to make your mark in the community. And I'm not saying that I did this all from nothing. Obviously, it was created before we got there. Community knew we were coming, but just setting up the meetings, talking to different people. Um, I had several therapists call me sometimes and ask for like a consult for cases because I guess not everybody had worked with people with high suicidality or repeated thoughts. So it was definitely interesting for me because it was a very rural community and the resources were just weren't there. And so it was definitely a big learning experience for me, but also noticing that there's a problem when there's not good leadership and people were not being treated well inside for, inside the center. So there were a lot of inappropriate things happening. People weren't given being given appropriate feedback, like they were told they were doing a horrible job when they were actually doing really well because of certain biases and personal issues that they had. And so I saw how you could take a place that was functioning, at least we all trusted each other, we communicated well, and then you bring someone in and the whole dynamic changes because that person is, to be honest, a really, really bad leader. Um, everybody quit within a certain period of time and it was just so stressful for everybody having such poor leadership. And I took it personally too, because I felt responsible, well, not just myself being treated badly, but being responsible for other people that I had supervised, especially somebody who was relatively new to the field. You shouldn't be treated this way. You shouldn't be seeing these things. Like you should be getting a good experience as you're developing your career and moving on to the next phase. So it was just a lot of different, different factors. And then after that, I don't know if you want to ask another question, but after that, there were a couple of other experiences as well with leadership that led me to where I am now. 
Oh, yeah. A bad leader will wreck a good team so fast. And I don't even think it matters what career field it is. If you have like a good team and then someone comes in, they can ruin all of it because they're supposed to be an authority figure. They are supposed to have the leader skills to make the team keep functioning. So I've definitely had jobs where people mass quit when we got new leadership, new management, new people in charge who just came in and were like, we're not going to do it this way anymore. And just a lot of belittling and things like that, where we're like, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. We're doing literally what you told us in the way you told us to do it. And now it's wrong, but with no guidance, no, well, here's what you can do to fix it. None of that. So having gone through all of that experiences, and then I've spent a lot of time researching leadership just to grow in my own life and my business, just with other humans, I think leadership is absolutely important. So the people who are good leaders that I can look back on in life and be like, oh my gosh, why didn't I learn more from you? What, what did they do? How do you emulate that? So what were some of the foundational pieces that you started pulling in? like of what you knew about leadership skills when you were trying to help these people help others grow in leadership how are you what were some of the things that you were trying to implement with that what's the foundation for leadership in that regard yeah, so, so that is a tricky one because if you're walking into a new business and you're working with different people, so you have the management team or the leadership, official leadership and you have employees, everybody's trying to get to a certain point. So we have to all come together. So I do two things. I help with leadership in a, in a business organizational sense as a consultant. I come in and help. And when I do that, I basically want us all to have a vision and a goal. So is the goal to create a positive workplace culture that's usually Usually what it is, improve communication perhaps. So there's a couple of things that people usually want. So I want to make sure both sides, <laughs> call them sides, are together in the goal because we have to be very clear on that. So if everybody says, yes, we want to have a positive culture or we want to improve our culture, then the next step we talk about is, is vision. Basically, what, is, what does that positive work culture look like to us? Let's, let's really define it because we have to be clear on that. And then you Usually I take pieces of what isn't working. So communication is a big one. If that's not working, I talk about communication and how to develop a positive communication in general. Sometimes I'll do a training. Other times I'll sit down individually and we'll talk about how to communicate with each other, right? So if you're writing an email, what didn't go well? Like how can we improve that? Um, if you're giving directions. So usually if you're saying actually what you mentioned before, expectations, you want to be very clear to your employees. I expect this on this date um, or I expect it done this way, but you have to give clear directions because that's also what I've seen and is not good leadership. If you're vague and there's no clear direction, people are going to go about it in whatever way they can, but you're not being a good leader if you're not creating clear direction. So usually we'll talk about communication and conflict resolution, another really big one. Sometimes things have gone on and people still are resentful or distrustful and we need to resolve that or it's just going to keep festering. And staff burnout. So those are the three that I usually have like prepared like I'm assuming some of these things have happened, but I also do, you know, I'll talk to them and do an interview. And if there's something specific they want me to focus on, I'll tailor it to them. So that's more for the organizational piece. I also do one-on-one -on -one executive coaching. And for that, I, 
I have developed four pillars that I focus on. The first one is mindset, and that includes self-limiting beliefs. I'm really big on that because I've noticed for myself, especially in being in toxic work environments, people are telling you things about yourself and they're, they're not good. They're not pleasant. So you want to make sure that you haven't internalized those things, either from society, your family, your work, you come from anywhere. <laughs> and I've really noticed that when I started my business and I broke down the pillars. So mindset, also partly the vision. What do you want for yourself in your career? Uh, where is your goal to to be? Do you want to be a leader, a founder, CEO? You know, there's no there's no limits. What is your goal? What do you want? We and we start there. Then I look at value alignment. We want to make sure that what you believe in and what you value is going to be aligned with the job that you're trying to do or the company. It really just depends. So sometimes it's not, and people feel uncomfortable working where they're working, and that's going to shine through. Like you're not feeling confident in what you're. You don't even have to be selling. I mean, you could be presenting. It's going to shine through. So you want to align yourself with that. Problem solving. That is more of a general category because. I just help people work through what are some things that have popped up in your life. It could be, you know, someone's micromanaging you or someone's being negative to you. I mean, I've had people tell me their, uh, you know, their boss refused to let them get a promotion because they wanted to keep them under them, right? And actually three separate times people have mentioned that or someone's just not understanding what you do and you get in trouble for doing your actual job. So there's just like so many problems that can crop up. So what are your problems? obviously depending on your level or if you're in a leadership position, your problems could be, there could be employee issues. I've seen that as well. Productivity isn't there or someone is just causing disruption on the team. So it's a very broad category. We kind of break down what your problems are and try to work through some options and solutions. And then the last part, which is the most important part, is having a self-care plan <laughs> and making sure you're connecting with how your body's feeling and how your, you know, your emotions and thoughts and seeing what, you know, are you, do you have a plan to address them? So my main example is how do you feel when you're walking into work or you're calling in on a call? Do you feel dread in your stomach? Do you feel anxious? You know, are you not happy the night before? Like those are all indicators. So, and then I, and then you could break it down into a very, a very comprehensive plan of what to do for yourself, like weekly, daily, monthly. So that's, that's kind of the starting point of the one-to-one -one process that I use. I feel like I need to just do that in my day-to-day -day life. Gosh, that's so... I wish you had existed in many of my previous jobs at this moment in time. I've definitely been turned down for promotions because I needed to stay in a certain department. I've definitely had that and had them tell me that. And I was like, well, who am I supposed to report this to if you're my boss? <laughs> okay. Definitely happens. Definitely super awful being overqualified for something and then not getting it. So that's a, uh, so if you're listening to that and you have employees who are qualified, just let them do what they want to do, y'all. It will be better for everyone because yeah, that feeling of resentment that built up after after that, at that point, I quit trying to overachieve 100%. I was like, I worked so hard for that. And you're like, nope, we're keeping you. And I was like, bare bones, done. Not even, don't care. I'm going to do what I have to do and I'm going to leave. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely had that feeling of dread every 
day I had to go into that job. I was just, do I need to go? Like, how bad do I need this money? Like, do I really need to pay rent this month? Like, I don't know. I had those thoughts. And that's a terrible place to be in. So if you're trying to be a leader, you don't want to make other people feel like that. You don't want to like, maybe you're, you think you're a great leader and your entire team is miserable. Like evaluating that's so important. And I think a lot of people are scared to have those conversations very rarely in my entire job history has anyone ever asked me how I was doing, how I felt about work. I think it's happened twice where it was, how are you liking everything? How are things going? And it was always in a management changeover. And then never again. That was it. I was like, well, things were awful before, but nothing's really changed, but I'm glad you asked me. So... Yeah. And that's a big indicator. And I've seen that a lot where people will withdraw into themselves because they feel that they're not being valued. That happened at the crisis job I had spoken to. Like I said, I, I really care. So I had asked one of my team members, I'm like, you know, are you okay? You seem very withdrawn. And he's like, head down, keep going until I can quit. Because, you know, we're, the message we were getting from quote unquote leadership was, you know, you're not good enough. We're not going to use your skills. We're going to ignore you because we don't want to, because the person at that time felt threatened that they, to be fair, we did have more experience than her. However, there's two ways to handle that. There's encouraging and saying, look, I love that you're experienced in this. I want you to join me or I want you to take the lead on this. Or there's like, I'm just going to do it all myself and ignore my team to prove, I don't know, something. So that definitely does happen. And um, and one of the things that I focus on and I teach and I do myself, because I actually am also in a leadership position right now, I'm overseeing clinical services for a new, a new place that I just started at, which, you know, there's positives and negatives with every job, but some of the issues are still are coming up too of trust and, and communication, not with me per se, but just like people that have been there before. So how can I assist them? So it's a little bit of a dual role. So we've kind of consulted out a little bit for that. But my goal is always to help people feel valued. So I ask them, what what is your expertise? And I plug them for that. I will say we have an expert on our team in art therapy or EMDR or eating disorders, like whatever, whatever they're passionate about, I ask them to, to do it. I tell them to take whatever trainings they need to get certified. You're going to be our go-to expert here because I want them to be excited and to do what they feel passionate about. So that is something I really, really, really focus on like if if I do anything that's the main thing I do so I'm like I want you to explore your passions you're going to be our go-to and I'm very honest about my experience too I'll say these are things that I am very experienced in these are things I'm not like you can't you know you're not an expert in everything you're not an expert in eating disorders uh, addictions and like you know all these like seven like hundreds of things there's no way and you can't be you're not supposed to be but you're supposed to know when to refer out or when to have your team be experts right so this so I want my team to have different specialties so we can have a strong team and we can give to the community. So, so yes, and delegating is kind of the underlying theme there too, of a good leader knows when to delegate and knows the strengths of her team and the resources versus uh, I'm just going to do everything, get burnt out, be irritated, yell at my team for no reason. And I can give you a great example of this. I had uh, taken, I don't even remember if I took a day off or I was traveling on my already days off. So theoretically, if if you've ever been on a payroll or an employee, theoretically, you're supposed to have a day or two off, right? Theoretically. So I went on a trip during my days off and I heard from my team that this person had come in and yelled at everybody because she didn't like that I was 
on a trip. No, 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 no. None, none of that. We are all entitled to have lives outside of our job. Whether you're working a nine to five, 12 hour shifts, or you're running your own business, we are all entitled to days off. And you would think, and after I took this day off, we were all called into the office and were forced to sign a document saying we, we would be available at any time no matter what. No, no, uh-uh, no, 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 no. No, the, are they providing literally a house for me to live in? Is it on-site house? No, not, no. I'm not even available 24 hours a day to my husband. I'm not gonna be available 24 hours a day to like a job. That's not gonna, I run my own coaching thing. When COVID's not happening, I have a day job and there's no way in heck I'm gonna give that day job or my business 24 hours of my time. There's nothing. I'm not gonna give anything except me 24 hours of my time. But that's a really good indicator of all these red flags that were happening for me there. Um, and also, I don't like that there's an overarching kind of de- like theme of control that I've noticed in these situations where it's like, oh, you need the job because you moved here, you have a lease to pay, there are no other jobs in the area. And so not just to me, but for all of us, that was that theme of we know you need the job. And I even heard from an, another employee of mine who's actually a, a very dear friend now after everything we've been through together, but she had said that this person had come in and, and stated that they didn't really care that we had bills to pay. They might just fire everyone just to start over because it seems like, you know, it was just a bad batch of employees apparently because all of us were the problem. <laughs> so. Well, hello, lawsuit. That sounds, that sounds <laughs> fine. So if you're listening to this and you feel like your environment is anything like this in any way, it's probably toxic. And I encourage you to either reach out, see if you can get like someone like Miss Julie, like outside leadership to come in and help. Because I mean, there were times in my old jobs where this person is just such a crappy leader, but I don't think they realize they're a crappy leader. I think they think they're doing fine and they just don't have any, any comprehensive idea. And I'm just like, if someone could just come in and help them do that. Like, so if your workplace is toxic and you have like an HR department, you have, or if you are a leader and your team is struggling like this and you think that somehow you're doing everything that you're trying to do, you think your leadership technique is, is great and it's working even though your team is falling apart, you can get help. There are people who can come in, like Julie, who can come in, see what's wrong and give you solutions to fix it. And if you do not have those resources, just find a new job. I know COVID is awful right now, but y'all, we are we are only alive for so long to be in jobs that make us miserable. I used to think that was the norm. And I was just, I just have to pay bills and die. And now I'm like, oh, I can still pay bills while trying to find or make a better life for myself. Just because you are working at a job, and I'm gonna say this probably a million times before I die, you can have a job and be applying for other jobs at the same time. There's nothing that's stopping you. I have had friends at jobs who were like, I just want a new job. And I'm like, well, just apply for them. If you hate this job so much, just start applying. Well, I can't. What if this job finds out? If this job fires you for looking for a new job, what's it matter? You're still gonna have to find a new job to get out of this one. At least if you're already looking for a new job and for whatever reason, this current job fires you for looking and exploring your new options, you shouldn't be at this job in the first place. You just, you just shouldn't. There's too many, there's too many options and possibilities in our world now. It's just staying in a toxic work environment is just, is unnecessary and really just bad for our health. 
Extremely bad. Yeah, it's there's physical effects as well as mental health effects for chronic stress. It's not something you want to be part of. And it's just not fair. Uh, my founding philosophy of when I started my business is that you could be excited and happy at, at your job, whether you're starting your own business or you're looking to be in the working world. Um, I, I do both. And I, I think both have really good value to them you can definitely get there and that when I started my one-to-one coaching that it was for that reason because people contacted me because they were in job transition because of COVID I started during the quarantine my business actually because I was like you know what good timing to start (laughs) Um, so they were in transition or they were like there was no more growth to them for whatever reason or they wanted to change industries because they decided that value alignment, right? They're really excited about something else and they didn't want to put it off anymore because obviously anything could happen, right? In our world, our whole society could change or uh, unfortunately some people, uh, their, you know, their health becomes their priority where they're like, okay, I have to really focus on this. So I really encourage everybody to to look at what's available, reach out if you need assistance. I, I actually off, also offer free consults if anyone wants to talk to me. It's a 30 minute consult. I really like to get in. What's going on? Where are you? Where do you want to be? And let's start to brainstorm a little bit of how we could get there. I don't always know everybody in different fields, but sometimes I have linked people up. I've like, you know what? I think I know somebody who's worked at Google. Not not that, you know, I can do anything that I might not be able to do, but just having that connection, I think is so important because I had somebody come to me who's experiencing sexism at the workplace and being put down, not listened to. It's just not a good situation. Um, And she wasn't in a good place. She was really feeling sad and and beat down. And I was like, you know what? I do know someone who used to work there. Um, And I made the introduction and she was off immediately. She was like, she was scheduling. She, she was in a whole different <laughs> frame of mind. And, and she's really, she's very professional and really good at what she does. So it was just good to see that switch. Making new connections is never going to lead you astray. Just reaching out because I've definitely, so I was in hospitality. I guess if my hotel ever like opens again, thanks COVID, I'll be back in hospitality. But people that I knew when I was working at a hotel in Alaska, new people at the hotel I wanted to work at in Austin. So I was like, oh, can I list you on here? Like complete happenstance, just met them, was able to list them, was able to get a job in Texas. I phone interviewed, but they knew that person. Just knowing anyone who can make that introduction, who can put a name to a face is so important because you might be working with someone who knows someone in a field that you actually want to be working in and they can make that introduction. You might talk to me or any of the people that I've had on my podcast. Like I've connected so many people and different coaches through this who've connected to other people. The web of it is crazy. We're living in 2020, which has locked us down, but opened up social media to just connect so many people because you never know who you know. So there's always opportunity, always possibilities. Literal, easiest thing to do, ask Facebook. Post it on Facebook. I'm looking to work in insert field. Do I know anyone who does? Easy. People do it all the time. I see people be like, I'm looking for a job in such and such City. People actually do want to help a lot of the time because it feels good. That's what I've seen. If for no other reason, then it's like, oh, I want to be helpful. Let me let me connect you. Tag a person. 
tag a business, tag something like that. And it can totally change the game. All you have to do is ask. Asking is never, asking for help is not gonna hurt you. I promise. It's scary. I've actually learned that just recently too of like how important it is to ask and just say, you know, this is what I'm doing or this is what I'm looking for. It's just opened up a whole other world because like when I was younger, I was just told like, you just have to work hard and you know, everything speaks for itself, but it doesn't. And if, you know, if I could say anything to my younger self, it would actually be network, uh, make connections, build relationships and be confident. Don't let someone else's opinion of you bring you down. Like make sure that you know who you are. 100%. Like my younger self was, I can't ask for help. I have to do every single thing on my own. Just gonna, just gonna grind it out. It doesn't matter. I've been up for like three days, just working, 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 working. And now I'm, oh, I have a question. Let me find somebody who can ask. Um, just, just save yourself the stress. It's great to be that go-getter constant attitude. But if someone can reach a handout and help pull you forward, it's going to save you. The time that you will save, the money, the stress that you will save, literally by just asking for help is invaluable. The amount of time that I have wasted not asking for help biggest is is to this day still my biggest regret. I I could have been so much farther. So whenever you're hesitant about asking for help, be like, how much farther can I get? How much farther can I go? And I think that's that ties into being a good leader is knowing when to ask for help, pulling someone along with you who has the skills that you need. You don't have to know everything but you need to know someone who does know it. And in leadership, when you were talking about your team, that's those are the good leaders that I've had who they knew what I was good at and they let me shine at that. And the things I wasn't very good at, they didn't put me in those situations. Sure, I wanted to improve those skills I didn't have, but I was never put into a situation where that thing that I sucked at was somehow all of a sudden all of my responsibility all by myself because we all knew I wasn't gonna be able to pull it off. They knew. I knew, I mean, maybe eventually with more training and whatnot, sure. But good leaders lets people who are good at what they're doing shine. And that's so, so important is letting people shine. Because yeah, like you said, you don't have to be an expert on everything. You can't do that. If you're trying to know everything, you don't know jack. (laughs) If you think you know everything, you don't know anything and you should reevaluate what you're doing. Hate to break it to everybody who is really good at Jeopardy. You don't know everything. And I'm sorry. (laughs) unless you're Ken Jennings or I think that other guy then maybe maybe you know everything kudos but um, that's also a good piece to it too where you want people to shine in what they're good at but if they want to learn something new you're helping them building blocks you're guiding them because when they're starting out they need a guide you're not throwing them in where it's all on them like that's not good (laughs) y'all It is out in the world. Money Mastery, your 12-week step-by-step, change your money mindset, learn how to budget, fight back your debts, change your life, learn to manifest. The magic is out, it is live, it is real, and I am just so freaking thankful and excited and I cannot wait for y'all to get your hands on this. This was 17 months of my own life, trial and error. It was seven months of reaching out to you amazing people, asking questions, surveys, finding out exactly what you needed to change your money mindset, create a budget, and change your freaking life. Money Mastery is live right now. Make sure that you check it out. The link is gonna be in the bio.
because that doesn't reflect well on anyone. Throwing somebody to the wolves and hoping for the best is not going to reflect on them, which will reflect badly on you. I feel like leaders need to take the responsibility instead of shifting the blame, like leaders who blame their team for things. It's not really the team's fault that you didn't make this happen. We're looking to our leaders to make sure that we're exceeding, so it sort of sucks when you are a leader because all of everything falls on you, and that's how it should be. So you should be so deeply invested in your team's success. That's a, that's like a hallmark of a leader in my mind, is they're so deeply invested in the success of the people around them and helping people who want to be leaders become leaders. Maybe somebody doesn't want to be a leader at all. They just want to be doing their own thing, one thing on the team. You can't make someone be a leader. But you, but you can help someone who wants to be. And I think that's very, I think that's one of those kind of dicey situations in leadership and management where people want that promotion, but the actual work that comes with it is maybe not what they were looking for. And that's, that's sort of like a hard line in a lot of work environments where someone wants a title, but they don't want everything that comes with it. Do you run into that a lot just in the work that you're doing? where someone's like, I want to be in charge, but then they're like, oh, I don't want to do any of the in charge stuff. I think I've run into it more in terms of uh, people. So I, I do hiring as well. And so when I'm looking through people's resumes, some people apply to jobs that they are in no way qualified for. And now sometimes you can say, look, I've, I have these skills that I'm using or I've done this and you can kind of transform it or transfer some skills and, and show that you're, you're appropriate. And sometimes not every skill you need to have for every, you know, a bullet point on the job, you know, on the job posting, but I've seen things just way outside the field. And I think it's just a kind of a reflection of our society where anyone can do anything. And that's not true, especially in the medical or mental health field. You need to have the training. You can do a lot of damage and you can hurt people. And our first goal is to make sure that people benefit from our services and that we're not hurting them. So I've had to turn down a lot of people because they're applying without any education or any skill set to high leadership positions because they want, like you said, either the title or the money. I mean, the money's not really there, mental health in, in general, but I guess they want like a little bit more. I don't know, but it just wouldn't work out. Like it would be a bad idea. So you still need to put in your time. On the other side, I've seen dis leaders who weren't engaged at all in their team. So people who had especially mental health, they have like a different degree, like a business degree. So they're technically in charge, but they don't really know and anything that goes into it or the the ethical or legal guidelines. And, and sometimes that's the conflict that people on the team come to me for. Like there's a conflict, they don't understand what we have to do. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very cut and dried. Yes, some of that is true, but you could still work together. So that's what I've seen in terms of either just totally disengaged. Oh, what you mentioned about blaming. Now that's a sign of really bad leadership. So, and that example I gave you before too, of like, it's everybody here. There's something wrong with every single... <laughs> Every clinician here, they're not doing a good job. There's something wrong with every single one of them. That's just a red flag. I mean, there's very few times where everybody but you is the problem. That is very suspect. <laughs> 
So definitely a red flag. And I wanted to kind of circle back just for one, one thing when you said, how do you, you know, how do we create like a positive work culture? What can we do? I actually put together a free guide for that. And if anyone's interested, I also, like I said, I love collaboration. So I've collaborated with 28 other experts in their field. So CEOs, owners, doctors, just experts in their field. We've put together a giveaway. All our gifts are free. My gift is called From Conflict to Cohesion, Five Steps to a Healthy Work Culture. So, um, you know, feel free to register for the giveaway. You can download my gift. You can download all the other amazing gifts and it is all free. So I hope that you do. I'm definitely, I actually sent me that link. So it's going to be in the show notes down below. So y'all will need to snag that either here. I'm probably going to put it in my email newsletter. So y'all might get it a couple different times, but I think that's going to be so, so important. I love all things leadership. I definitely have come from the nine to five corporate life my whole life good workplaces, bad, multiple states, different things. So I'm excited for that. She told me about it. She's like, can I talk about it? And I'm like, you better talk about it. You need to talk about it. These kind of things that maybe if you're listening to this and you never evaluate it, if your workplace is crappy or not, you just think you're having a bad time and you think you're the only one. The reality is you're probably not. If you're miserable every day coming to work, probably somebody else is. And there's probably something going on. There are things that can change. There are things that you can do. There are things that you could bring up to management. If they're, you know, good management should listen to you. If you're miserable at work and it's because of someone or something or lack of expectations that are being met and you don't understand what you're doing and you just feel super crappy about it, there are things that can be done. There are steps that can be taken. So I'm excited for y'all to get your hands on that. 28 other people, you guys, 28 amazing people came together to put something together for y'all y'all need to get that. I will be downloading it once we finish recording this. So I will have already had it by the time y'all hear it. So firsties. <laughs> awesome. And I also would say like, if you're feeling really downtrodden or you feel like you're doing a horrible job, no matter how hard you try, the problem may be the culture and, and the leadership. You know, I mean, there's sometimes that, yeah, there's a, a person needs to develop their skills or they're not getting something or they're not a good fit. But a lot of times it is the culture or leadership. If they're just letting you flounder or they're giving you only negative feedback, which is also problematic. Like you're good at something, <laughs> you've done something good. So, so please reach out either to me or someone else because I don't want anyone to feel like every day they're going in and they're just feeling horrible because they're getting negative feedback all the time. And if you're not getting any feedback at all whatsoever, I've definitely had that where I just didn't know crap about anything until my year end review. And then they were like, you've been doing this, this, and this wrong. Yeah, there was maybe like a good thing. They're like, you've been doing this wrong for months. Why didn't anybody tell me? Our year end reviews for my job at a grocery store were in October. They were like, so you've been doing this wrong since February. Why did nobody tell me? in February. So I literally think that I'm doing the right thing forever. And just no one corrected me. And then they were like, well, you just need to stop doing it and fix it. I've been doing it this way for seven months and I'm just supposed to like change it overnight. What are you, what are you guys talking about? So if you're just not getting any feedback in any way, shape or form, ask. Ask if you're, what you can improve on. Ask if you're doing the right thing. Ask these questions because maybe they haven't thought about it or maybe they don't know how to tell you. They, they don't know how to engage and to tell you how to do it better. But if you're open to the feedback, you're open to more, it kind of makes it a little bit easier. You know, maybe it's good. 
maybe it's bad. But either way, you can improve on it. Bad feedback, you can improve. You know what you're doing. Good feedback, you can build on that. So sometimes we get really scared of getting any kind of feedback because we don't want that negative. But if you don't have negative feedback, so to speak, you don't know how to get better. And we all want to get better. I hope. I hope we all want to get better and do better and have better work environments and enjoy our jobs because y'all, we spend a lot of time at our jobs. We spend a third of our lives typically at a job. Please enjoy what you're doing with a third of your life, honestly, please. Yeah, and it's also like a disengagement too. Sometimes it happens a lot where you're not engaged. Like you mentioned, if if no one's giving you feedback for so long, that's not a good sign for them. You want to give people feedback as it happens so they haven't developed the habit so it's harder to get out of. It's really unfortunate that they were just like, okay, we're going to tell her everything at the end. We're not going to have any communication before then. And it was like the stupidest thing. It was how I bagged bread and did stickers. So I had this whole system for how I did bread and stickers and it was just wrong the whole time. And I was like, you couldn't have told me that I put stickers on wrong? It wasn't a big deal, but I'm like, if it's coming up on my yearly review as a thing I did wrong for months, it's a problem. Sure, I corrected it, but I felt stupid. I felt stupid for all of those times. And then anytime I would look at the bread, I would be like, how dumb was I that I did this wrong for so long? And I like internalized it. It's bread, guys. It was bread. (laughs) Even little things like that. 2020 has been um, an adventurous experience. We are recording this in the beginning of August, level eight of Jumanji. We're doing great. So what are you looking forward to for the rest of the chaos, the spectacular dragon that is the rest of this year? Yeah, so obviously this year has been bumpy for everyone, um, but I think it also brought up, at least for me and I know from other people that I've talked to, like what do we really want out of our lives, our careers, and our careers and our lives are linked. So even though I focus on career, your health is part of that, your mental health is part of that. So, you know, people have started to say, what do I want? And they've started making those changes either because they had to, their job's gone, or they're not sure what's going to happen to their job, or they're like, you know what, this isn't how I want to spend my time. Time is precious. And it it, it makes it clear to us because, you know, this, unfortunately, this disease is fatal to some. So, you know, not to most, but to some. And so people are like, okay, like, let me focus on what I really want to do with my life. And I think that is a blessing to, to stop and recharge and refocus on the direction you want to go for yourself. So for me, like I said, I started my business in quarantine. So everything was shut down. Um, now we're kind of in the middle, you know, most things are kind of open. There's a few things shut down. But when I started, everything was shut down. So I enjoyed all the like Zoom parties, but I focused most of my time, I'm kind of boring, I guess, focused most of my time on setting up the business and reaching out to people because I had back to back toxic work environment experiences. And when I reached out to people in my network, I was a little bit surprised to hear that each of them had these experiences. And I'm like, you know what, this is this must be more common than I thought, because what's the chances that I get into two really bad situations back to back? I'm like, is this me? Like, what's going on? And people were like, it's not you, don't worry, because this was really bad. So I just saw that it was really needed. And like I said, I'm also focusing collaborations. So I've done like the giveaway, uh, collaboration with you, which I'm super excited about. 
I have a few other people I'm going to be speaking to. And obviously, if anyone's listening that wants to reach out, I would love to collaborate with you in any way that I can to help you or to just work together. So that's my focus, collaboration, you know, expanding my business as much as I can and seeing people reach their goals, like being happy in their career, reaching a position that they want. And like you said, not everyone wants leadership, but what is it that you want? And I'm sure there are some leadership skills in there that you need to have <laughs> to reach that position. And if you want to be the CEO, then you should be, you know, and I, and I think you can get there. So that's what I'm going to be focused on. Yeah, 2020 has been an adventure. Things that I had had on like my dream board, things that I wanted to do years, years from now, things that were ideas, COVID hit, and it was, oh God, what if my hotel never opens again? What if the hospital, like I literally picked hospitality because I love interacting with like people from all over the world. And then a pandemic hit and it's, oh no, 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 I don't want to interact with everyone from around the world at all. I do not want to touch what they have touched. I don't want, no. How long is it going to take the hospitality industry to bounce back? My husband and I met in seasonal work in Alaska. They did not open the entire summer. So people that I know who spend their winters at ski resorts and their summers in Alaska were completely out of jobs. That is terrifying. Okay, if that doesn't work. So these, these business ideas, this coaching thing that I like decided I wanted to do, that I was going to do in 2021 because I didn't think I was ready. I was, okay, cool. So I'm gonna put together a course and a coaching program in two months. Okay, in the middle of COVID. And that's what I did. I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. I'm gonna connect with a bunch of people. I'm gonna make 2020 suck a little bit less as much as I possibly can. So I like honed in on what did I want? My husband figured out like, what did he want with his career? His fancy coding web development stuff that I don't understand, but he does, so that's all that matters. Figuring out what we actually wanted and then helping other people figure out what they want financially because I'm in wealth coaching. So budgeting during COVID has been huge for people. Figuring out how to get debt free during all of this for people, for myself has been terrifying and great great and really you have to figure out what you want and then you know what you don't want so 2020 has taught me a lot of things that I don't want I never want to have to go through again and it's given me a lot of things that I do want and I know it has not been like that for a lot of people there are hundreds of thousands of people that have died there are millions of people that are sick I am terrified of COVID 100% this girl does not go in the grocery store and I wear a mask anytime I leave my apartment. Sometimes I wear a mask to the mailbox if I think there's another person. I'm crazy about it and I don't mind that at all. If I get it and I give it to somebody else, I'm gonna feel like shit. I'm young enough, I'd probably survive, hopefully. My optimism is strong. But if I gave it to somebody, like at the gym, that's super dope old man who like sometimes makes sure that I don't die when I'm bench pressing, if I gave him COVID, oh my God, I would feel so awful. So I've learned I actually care about other humans a lot more than I thought I did. I think our level of comfort is different too. Like I feel like I, I take precautions. I haven't been super isolated. I, I have had to go out for a job that I was doing and, and a few other things, but some people look at me strange. They're like, uh, what? You, you don't want to go where there's a lot of people <laughs> to these events. So I was, uh, so I'm used to it now. And, and, and I have, you know, I have been affected by it. I had a family member die from it and because I have family in different states and some states have a, a pretty bad situation and, and this person had every single pre-existing issue that you could have. So it was expected when it, you know, that 
it when it happened, but it's just, you know, it's just good to have a, a, a wider view about it because everyone has their own comfort level. And even with this going on, because the place that I started recently is trying to get people to go back to work. And I don't, you know, I think we should let them lead on their comfort level because we do telehealth. So that's the other kind of the second part of your question. Like we can still do meetings, we can do therapy, you know, we don't want to make people do something they don't want to do because if they are sick, then everyone has to quarantine. It's just, I mean, it's a tough decision. I see both sides to it, like with businesses and companies. I'm all about resources. So the people that are comfortable and the clients that need help, you match them together. The people that don't want to go in, you stay on your telehealth, right? So I don't think it's that big of an issue, but sometimes people get, you know, like everyone's got to go in. So I started seeing a therapist over Zoom and I probably would have kept going to therapy if this had been an option the whole time. Because I hated, I didn't hate my in-person therapy sessions, but it was so hard to manage them because I don't drive. So I'd have to go so far away probably. And this is just, oh, I'm home. So if I'm crying hysterically, working through my trauma issues, my cat is here. That's awesome. Having that as a new option, I'm like, I would love to meet my therapist in person one day, I think. It has helped me so much to have the option of being over Zoom. And I don't feel like I'm not getting the full experience. I don't feel like it's any less that it's not in person. And I look back at all of all of the times I've ever been to therapy. Why couldn't they have called me from my couch then too? This would be great. So I appreciate that shift in teletherapy. And I hope that that never goes away. I hope that's an option for me and everyone else forever because sometimes having to go to an office is terrifying. I hated having to go to the office because I was not, I'm very big on and open about my therapy journey. But back then I was just, "Mm -mm. I don't want anyone to see me go into this office. Mm -mm. I don't want to check in with that receptionist who's going to watch me cry walking out. I don't know. That sounds awful. This, I'm just like, I have my coffee. I sit in my chair, I cry, my cat is here, I feel better, and then I close my computer and I can move on with my day. So if you need therapy, y'all, see if there's options for you. You don't have to always go in. So I love that. Thank you, 2020. That's the flexibility part that I'm talking about, that it's not so rigid. And um, from what I'm seeing, it will continue, that these options will still be available, even if hopefully at some point there's no health concerns at all, it's still going to be available because people have transportation, people have childcare. So people have to put money into where can I take my child and pay for childcare to go to get services, therapy or other kinds. So there's so many barriers that we've been addressing, and I really hope we keep doing that. And it's all really about choice. We want people to be able to go in person when it's safe if they choose to. So yeah, the flexibility piece, and that fits with leadership too. Like, are you super rigid no matter what, or are you able to talk through what can be done? As you can see, I'm the second half because I'm like, let's have these people go and these people not go. Um, But other people are like, no, that's not fair. Everyone should come in at some time. So it's just having some flexibility, right? Because personally, I feel comfortable coming in if I'm doing telehealth, but I'm not comfortable if I'm coming in and then I'm seeing clients face to face. So that's my line and everybody has their own line. But but yeah, so just be flexible and, and have your employees feel safe. I don't think anyone should feel terrified having to go into work. That's a whole other layer of toxic leadership. I'm terrified I need to go in because I need my paycheck and I'm not comfortable because I may get sick. That, that just sounds really wrong. So as we, as the next couple of weeks, hopefully we plateau again cases slow down schools are reopening it's a whole other ball game but i'm at least optimistic 
So I am so freaking thankful that you took the time to hang out with us today. This was so much fun. I feel like I learned even more about leadership, which I love. I love the resources that you have available for everyone. Again, they'll be in the show notes. All the info to find you will be there. And I just love to have my guests close us out on like a final takeaway, final thoughts. Enjoy your soapbox. Give us, give us a closing. Okay. Well, I think I'm just going to kind of rephrase what I said before is like, my goal is to have each and every one of you be aligned and excited and passionate about the purpose that you have in your career. Uh, Whatever your career may be, it could look very different from each one of you. And I love connect, connecting with people, like I said before. So feel free to, to um, sign up for the consult. It is totally free and we can just walk through what's going on. I just like, I love problem solving. I love hearing about your life. So I would love if you did that, it would, you would actually be doing me a favor because I love the discussion. So, um, and also thank you so much, Cassie, for inviting me on this podcast. It is just so special to be able to, to go on and, and chat with you. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was so much fun.